Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Marketing. Thanks for listening and I hope you're having a great day. My name is Liam from Reach Interactive. We are an SMS marketing provider with offices in Radler, Madrid and Doncaster, which is where I'm based. During the show, I chat with experts on a range of topics that cover things like SEO, content marketing, paid ads, socials and more. This episode is number 42 of the show and we're going to be talking about paid ads and how you can follow your prospects around the web for as little as £5 to £10 per day through remarketing. If you do enjoy listening to this episode and you'd like more PPC content, then check out a two-parter that we did with Jake Surrey and Gemma Russell during episodes 31 and 32. Those episodes go well with this one and they complement each other really well. So our guest that we're going to be speaking with today and discussing remarketing with is Claire Jarrett, who has had a lot of experience and success in running ads on Google and other paid platforms. So let's get started. Hi, Claire. How are you today? Yes, yeah, absolutely great. Thanks, Liam. So thanks very much for having me on the show. Not a problem. Thanks for coming on. So could you spend a minute introducing yourself to our listeners, please? So um, I first started in Google Ads back in 2007, when, of course, it was known as Google AdWords rather than Google Ads as it is today. And um, I originally started using it when I launched my first company that was an IT training company. And I very rapidly realized that alongside teaching Microsoft Excel, Word, uh, PowerPoint, etc., Actually, other business owners wanted to know what I was doing, and that was using Google AdWords to actually get clients. So back in 2008, I created, the, I believe, Europe's first face-to-face Google Ads training course, and possibly the world's. I've never come across anybody else that was actually teaching Google Ads face-to-face back then. Um, I, of course, I could be wrong. And then in 2008, I then subsequently recorded a series of DVDs and released it on DVD that I sold, of course, using Google Ads and wrote my first book and um, subsequently wrote a second book a couple of years later and then moved to Google Ads coaching and and teaching online as the, the world moved to learning online via the likes of Linda and, of course, YouTube and Zoom. And then it's just gone from there, really. So since then, I've taught, I'd estimate, probably more than 45,000 people on live webinar and live training courses um, and, of course, via recorded courses as well. So quite a long history of teaching Google Ads. Wow, that's certainly a lot of people that you've impacted then. I'm looking forward to learning some new insights from you and talking about ads and multi-channel marketing during our main section. So let's get started. So this main section is all about remarketing and how you can follow prospects around the web without getting on their nerves. We're going to start with a few generic questions and then we'll dive into some optimization, creatives, landing pages and a little bit more too. So my first question is a pretty simple one. Why is it important to include remarketing in your paid ad strategy? So, I mean, this is a a really great question and it's a topic very close to my heart because not only are you spending a lot of money right now, the majority of, of your listeners will be spending a lot right now on their paid ads, or perhaps they're also spending money on their SEO as well. This applies equally, exactly the same. So the point is that... If you have visitors that right now are visiting your content, they're interested in what you've got to say. They've landed on your website for a particular reason. So perhaps they've come by SEO, they've landed on a blog post, they've visited a couple of different pages on your site. 
or perhaps it's a paid visitor, they've actually landed directly on one of your opt-in pages. Let's say that, for example, they've chosen not to opt-in at that point, but they are interested in what you sell. Now, if that visitor leaves at that point, that is a massive wasted opportunity. But also, you're missing the opportunity to bring that visitor back and further teach them about your brand, or perhaps to encourage them to opt in the second time, or perhaps even to encourage them to buy, because this time perhaps you're putting prices or pricing tables in front of them. So it really is essential to make sure that if you will have paid for that initial visitor in some way, whether it's via SEO, whether it's via pay-per-click, whatever method it is that you've used to bring the initial visitor in, you absolutely have to then invest in further, almost like changing their mind of the visitor. Because for whatever reason, they've not performed the behavior you wanted them to on the first visit, and we want to encourage them to do so on future visits. And that's where remarketing, retargeting, the two are used interchangeably. That's where this this topic comes into its own. And I tend to find that a lot of business owners are not making the most of their retargeting campaigns. They haven't placed down the pixels for use across multiple networks. If they are using retargeting, then perhaps they're using just one network. And they don't realize that you truly can follow visitors across many different networks. And that will mean that your brand continues to grow. It means that every time you've got a single visitor, you're truly getting the most bang for your buck from that single visitor. Yeah, I love that answer. And you explained it really well in a sense that it costs money to get people to your site, no matter how they land there. So you're really wasting an opportunity if you let them leave and do nothing about it. And of course, one of the best ways to get them back is through remarketing. It's much cheaper and clicks can be as low as a few pennies. Absolutely you can run a simple retargeting campaign for just a a couple of pounds or a couple of dollars a day. It really doesn't have to be any more expensive than that. And that's why all of us right now should go and place our pixels and set up basic retargeting campaigns because it is one of the cheapest, most effective forms of marketing because you're already getting some traffic through. So why not make the most of that existing traffic with a very cheap retargeting campaign? Absolutely. And some companies are paying upwards of 15 to 20 pounds or dollars per click in competitive industries. So the opportunity to pay a small fee for remarketing should be a priority for everyone. So let's move away from general questions and focus on setup now. You've touched on pixels already, but what are some of the things that listeners can do when setting up their remarketing? Absolutely. Yes, there's no reason why all of your listeners right now couldn't go and simply put down a pixel for the majority of the networks. So that would mean that you would have one pixel for Facebook and Instagram, one for Google and YouTube, one for LinkedIn, and one for Twitter. So those are your basic four pixels that I'd suggest you place down. But the best thing is, is even if you've got no intention of running ads for at least a couple of months, the fact you've placed the pixel down today means you can retarget those visitors in the future. However, if you want to set up a retargeting campaign today and you've not placed a pixel down until today that's all those wasted visitors which is why i would encourage you to make sure you get those pixels down as fast as you can so let's say that you've set up all of your pixels correctly do you then have to subdivide your audiences up based on each social network or search engine Uh, the, the ideal situation is once you've got your pixel down and you've started 
collecting your past visitors, then you can start to think about sensible audiences that you can place them in. And these audiences might be people that visited a certain page. They might be people that visited a certain page but did not opt in. You can set up audiences of people that opted in for a certain lead magnet and then didn't take a, a different behavior. You can segment your audiences as far as you like and then follow them with different messages. So it could be that on LinkedIn, you follow people with one message to people that adopted in for a certain lead magnet, for example. Or it could be that you followed people on Facebook or on Instagram with a different piece of content and perhaps to a different audience. You could, across the Google Display Network, follow people with just basic brand adverts, for example. So your next step from placing the pixel is to start thinking, right, what audiences make sense? And then the ideal situation is to remove people from a certain audience. So let's say that people you're following a certain segment of visitors who have not yet opted in, as soon as they do opt in, you would want to remove them because I'm sure you'll agree that there's nothing more annoying than being followed continually by an advert saying, buy this, buy this, or get this, get this, when actually you'd already opted in for it several weeks ago. So that's essential to make sure you remove people from the audiences as well. That's a great point, and it sort of leads on to my next question. So you spoke about running ads simultaneously across those different platforms. Is it important that they are different? Otherwise, could it be seen as an annoyance if people are seeing the same ads everywhere they go? Yeah, that's a great question. My suggestion would be that it's better to have an ad running across the majority of those platforms than nothing. You're not going to do any harm as long as you put a really quite a small budget on. So if you're only putting a budget of a couple of pounds a day, people aren't going to see it very often. So you're not going to do too much harm if you did have the same ad running to your homepage and you've had it running on Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, all these other different platforms. That's not going to do too much harm. So it's almost like stage one would be get your pixels down and follow people around. Then stage two would be right now start putting some serious thinking into the different audiences. And at that point, you then move on to okay, how can I move people from one audience to another? How can I move people to the next step? How can I move people that landed on one blog post to realize that we are the answer to their problems so they choose to opt in or they choose to book a call? Those different pieces of content, that's going to be your next stage. However, the basic, I would encourage all of you to just get down an ad, any ad, because you will be above the majority. I would estimate that at least... 90 to 95% of small business owners are not using any form of retargeting at all. So you will be above all of them just by having done a basic ad. Yeah, I really like the idea of breaking remarketing into two steps. So starting with the homepage or pricing pages and then taking a more detailed approach as you get more familiar with it. Another question I sort of have in terms of setup and, and getting started is, say I have £10 for remarketing on a daily basis, should I be allocating £2.50 to Facebook Google, Twitter, and LinkedIn equally? Or should you be allocating a larger amount to one specific network? So this would depend on the type of business that you're running. So for example, if you're B2B, 
then perhaps Facebook and Instagram will have less of an impact for you and you would prefer to concentrate instead on LinkedIn. And then if you're B2C, the reverse would be true. I would suspect that you'd be wanting to spend more on Facebook and Instagram. The one that you're likely to invest the least in is Twitter, unless for some reason there's a lot of your particular target population present on Twitter. But generally you would divide, let's say £10 per day, you would divide up slightly less than evenly depending on where your audience is typically present cool that really helps one thing to sort of bring up as well is that an issue i sometimes have especially with google ads is that our audience size isn't big enough to be eligible when i'm trying to show maybe a long-form piece of content or something like that so do you have any tips for building an audience size so that your ads become eligible so The only way of increasing audience size to actually become eligible is by increasing the number of visitors you're getting. And that would be through some type of campaign, Um, perhaps doing an SEO campaign and actually getting lots of traffic through to a blog post that you've been publicizing, for example. Perhaps you're running a pay-per-click campaign and actually getting lots of traffic through to a particular page. That's the only real way of speeding up the audience sizes. There is one other step that you can do with your audiences, which rather than increase the audience sizes, will actually increase the usefulness of your audiences. And that is that in Tag Manager, you can actually set a trigger so that that person is only pixeled if they've been on your site or actually reading that page 30 seconds or more. Because otherwise what can happen is if somebody bounces on, and then immediately bounces off, that person will, of course, be being followed by your content, um, being, being followed by your ads continually across the web. And we don't want that because they're not actually a very good prospect for us. So um, I would in, encourage people to think about placing this little tag in Tag Manager to make sure that you're only counting the relevant visitors that you truly want to follow. Yeah, that's another great tip. So moving away from the setup process, I think it would be cool to discuss creatives for a few minutes. So I know that listeners will have different circumstances when it comes to things like budgets, having an in-house team versus someone on retainer, or maybe they're using stock images. But do you have any suggestions on what creatives to use and how to be effective? I know one thing is that some of the size requirements can be a little bit of a head scratcher. Yes. Okay. So um, in terms of where to get ideas for creatives, I'm a firm believer in nothing is really truly brand new in the marketing world. So I always tend to start with researching what has worked in the past for either competitors, or sometimes I would go completely to a different industry. So I would start with competitor research and I would start perhaps with a tool like AdBeat, for example. And you could subscribe to that just for a month or so. You could look to see what competitors are doing in terms of their display ads. And then I use that to order similar from my own designer. Now, of course, we would always model, never copy in the world of marketing. So we'd only ever use it as a general guideline. But I really am a firm believer of the fact that as long as you're very specific with what you want, the type of color, type of color scheme that you're after, the size of the image or the type of perhaps the background images that they're placing in there, your designer will know so much more about what you want if you've got examples to give them. Now, there's no reason why if you have some really good examples, you couldn't go to a website like Fiverr or People Per Hour and order the specific size of images that you want. 
and the graphic designers, that's their forte, of course. So to actually get those precise sized images that you were mentioning, I could go to a graphic designer and for 10, 20, 30 pounds, if I gave them a very precise example, I would say, I want an image like this that says this precise bit of text. I would have a similar call to action message as the model that I'd found. And I would then ask them to do a, a very similar ad for me. And because I'd given them such a clear brief, it's a really easy ask. Yeah, and it's easy to forget how easy it is to outsource tasks like design work to freelancers who are very talented and have a much quicker turnaround than someone who doesn't have that experience. Just bouncing off your answer as well. One thing that I like to do is go on LinkedIn or Twitter and if you go to a competitor page, then there's a button there that shows you all of their live ads that are active. So if you have a few big competitors in the industry, then it's really easy to see what they're doing and you can sort of take influence from that and see what's working. Absolutely. I mean, in Facebook as well, if you visit a competitor's Facebook page, you can actually go to their ad library and see what type of ads they're running. Any type of research that you can do that shows you precisely what's working right now, that gives you such a head start. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. So let's finish off with one more question on the topic of creatives, but instead focusing on landing pages instead of display images or videos. So what type of creative content do you recommend showing prospective clients if you are a business that's in that second stage of the remarketing process, which is the part where they're moving away from the homepage and the pricing page? more towards targeted pages for specific audiences. Let's say that you're now building out your more complex strategy. So this will then depend on the type of business that you're running. So let's say, for example, that it was a coach or a consultant. And in this case, you might be demonstrating your thought leadership, for example. In, in a case such as that, then a long-form blog post a thought leadership post, that is ideal. And what your the purpose is with a piece of content like this is you're showcasing your thoughts and opinions on it and demonstrating that you truly know the topic. And of course, they may also have had objections. So let's say they had objections that were not answered when they quickly landed on the initial page. Now, a good idea is to think to yourself, what objections can my target market have? And you would think through, right, okay, a list of objections, perhaps they're not sure if it meets GDPR, for example, in, in your case, for example, in Reach's case. It might be that in your thought leadership piece where you were talking about the impact or the importance of text messaging, that you actually then included in there how you met GDPR, why it's compliant, and how to ensure that it's GDPR compliant to make sure that they never suffer from getting uh, penalized by the ICO, for example. So I would encourage you to think, what objections do my potential prospects have? And then when you answer them, along with demonstrating your expertise, and then perhaps you might pop in a case study as well that demonstrated how you had previously answered this question or solved a problem for a client, then that gives them belief that you are the one to solve their problem. And as a result, they're much more likely to fill in the form, request a callback or pick up the phone and call you at that stage. Yeah, another great answer. So focusing on those barriers to entry and explaining how they can be overcome can be a real game changer than it sounds like. So with that said, we're going to close out this main section here and finish off with a few fun and quick questions. So stay tuned.
So we're going to take a slightly different approach this week with the couple of questions that I'm going to ask. Since you've had a lot of success over the last 10 plus years, Claire, do you have any tips for people that are looking to really enhance their paid advertising knowledge and how they can do that? Mm, Yeah, so that's a great question. And it's one that I think about a lot. And in fact, my two sons have both followed me into digital marketing, pay-per-click. So it is a topic very close to my heart. And um, it's a firm belief of mine that in order to improve yourself at marketing, it's essential to manage your own paid ads. So I'm, I'm a big believer in the fact that there's no great teacher like spending your own money, even if that's setting up a tiny small e-commerce shop, which is my 18-year-old son has set up such a shop at the moment. He's actually going to be investing his own money in ads. And then my older son as well. Um, there's, there's no real learning. Like the minute that you start spending your own money, you realize quite what it feels like to know that every single pound and penny you spent needs to have a home. You know, it needs to have a return. And it really makes you think. And I think that's when the, the learning truly comes. So even if you're learning pay-per-click and you're not a business owner, then I would encourage you to think about a a small side project of some sort where you're investing some of your own money in order to get a return. And that will really make you a much better marketer. Yeah, I think that answer is so true because I think we take our budgets for granted sometimes. And it's easy to think, oh, well, it's only a few pounds here or there. But ultimately, that does impact revenue and it is coming out of someone's pocket. So moving on to my second question, then, I'm assuming you've seen thousands of Google ads over your time working in paid advertising. So do you have any interesting success stories or a mistake to avoid that might have happened that you'd be able to share with us? So I audit Google ads accounts pretty much every week via my courses and and consulting. um, And I'm, I'm helping a lot of my students out with Google ads accounts that they're managing. So I come across a lot of mistakes. Uh, One of the biggest mistakes that I've seen made in the last few weeks has been a failure to check that the conversion tracking has working because it sounds really simple and basic. You place a pixel, you make sure that you can see the pixel on the thank you page. And that then means that every time you get a conversion via your Google Ads account, it means you can track the precise place that that lead came from, the precise keywords. Now, what had happened in this case is the initial agency that placed the pixel had placed it in the wrong place. They placed it on a landing page rather than on a thank you page. So in fact, it wasn't the initial landing page. It was a page people would click through to. If it had been on the initial landing page, of course, we would have ended up with a 100% conversion rate. So it was on the second page that people could choose to click through to. So that meant, let's say we're getting 10% of people that are clicking on, that are landing on the initial page, then going through to a different page. It resulted in a 10% conversion rate, which sounds astonishingly high. And as a result of which this agency was congratulating themselves on the success but my client wasn't seeing the success. And that's because on this page, people weren't then signing up for the opt-in. They'd merely reached that page. And then a second agency had come in and taken over, also not realized that the conversion tracking pixel was on in the wrong place and was triggering falsely. And they'd made exactly the same mistake as well. So I would encourage you to really always go back to the basics and check, 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 and check again, even if you think 
it really is working. When it comes to things like conversion tracking, it really is essential to make sure it's in the right place. Yeah, that's a great point to finish with because all of your reports and analytical data is going to be incorrect if that is in the wrong place. So it's definitely better to catch it early and run a test conversion on one of your cheapest ads to make sure everything's set up correctly. So we're going to finish the episode right here. Thanks for being a great guest, Claire, and teaching us some new things about paid ads and remarketing. I really appreciate you giving up your time to be with us, and I'm sure that everyone listening will have learned a great deal. Okay, great. Thanks, Liam. It's been a pleasure, and thank you for having me on. Not a problem. So thanks to everyone for listening to this episode, and if you'd like to learn more from Claire, then you can do so by visiting her site, which is clairejarrett.com, and she has lots of great masterclasses and free training that you can sign up for. Um, In the meantime, we'll be back next week with another great topic.